back to Back in My Play. This is a Back in My Play Gaiden episode where we're going to be talking about the movie The Wizard that came out in 1989. I am Kevin Larrabee, and uh, most importantly for this episode, after learning about this when we were talking about Super Mario Brothers 3, we have CJ Chris Johnson from the Player One podcast on the line. CJ, how you doing? Very good, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. You know, I, I don't believe it. I got the scroll weapon, and I almost beat Mecha Turtle at the end of level three. Ah, great delivery. <laughs> and uh, not Bo Bridges is uh, Josh Hillier. Josh, how you doing? I'm all right. I have one question for you guys. You ready? I can't wait. Yes. How about you and I go to the Dairy Queen and kick back a couple? It's on me. <laughs> yeah, that is a weird thing. Who, who goes, uh, yeah, let's go kick back a couple ice cream cones. Ice creams? Yeah, like, that, that line, uh, I didn't catch it when I saw it as a kid, but it was hilarious to me now. Well, uh, let's let's do a couple different things. First off, I'm going to be mixing this up a little bit, uh, still putting in some video game music, but it's going to be game music from the games featured in the movie. And uh, at the same time, we're also going to be talking about the history of the movie. Now we're going to be going through um, a handful of scenes to get CJ's take on uh, the movie, the most pivotal pivotal scenes in the movie, and talk about some of the characters. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back. Okay, believe it or not, there's some interesting history with The Wizard. We're not going to have too, too much uh, with it, but of course it came out in 1989. And I mentioned in the Super Mario Brothers 3 episode a, a bunch of stuff about the game, including like how it all came about and really how it was a commercial, you know, driven for Nintendo and for Super Mario Brothers 3. But some fun facts either way. Um, it's also known as Joystick Heroes in Germany. Uh, Sweet Road in, Jap- in Japan. I love that title. That's my favorite title right there, Sweet Road. Well, it's like the, there's a game called Sweet Home uh, yes. for the NES, which is, I don't know if that's somehow related, but uh, whatever. That's some Japan. kind of horror game, right? It's a Correct. Horror, it's a, yeah. You can get the reproduction on your favorite repro website. <laughs> um, the video game genius in Brazil. Uh, Video Kid in France, Game Over in Finland, and Game Boy in Sweden. Uh, it had a star-studded lineup on the soundtrack, including New Kids on the Block, which was heavily used uh, throughout the uh, soundtrack of the movie. And two tracks, two songs. That's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Heard of. Um, and this is funny because I, I keep mentioning. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, the Jordan. Uh, what's his name on the New Kids of the Block? Uh, Jordan, uh, one of the one of the members of New Kids on the Block. Anyways, he like he's like one of our. I, I've like worked with him for our gym. He owns a gym down in uh, Rhode Island, so I bumped into him a couple times. He's a oh nice. Uh, but I keep mentioning or meaning to ask him about uh, his his work on the Wizard uh, <laughs> and how much he remembers of that. But uh, is he in pretty good shape? Yeah, he is. He's not like a gym owner who is woefully out of shape. No, he actually came and trained at our gym for a while because he was getting ready for the new kids on the block and like, not NSYNC, Backstreet Boys and new kids on the block. They toured together like a year or two ago. So uh, he was training at our gym. Um, 
But the character uh, characters of the movie, the most important characters of is are of course Jimmy Woods, uh, Corey Woods, uh, which is your Fred Savage character, who's uh, Jimmy Woods' half brother, uh, Jennifer, which is unfortunately she's alluded to a couple times. She is the uh, twin sister of Jimmy Woods, who uh, passed away. Uh, Haley, which is of course Josh's favorite character, uh, played by mm-hmm. uh, Jenny Lewis, right? Yeah, I saw Jenny Lewis play a show last week, by the way, in Louisville, Kentucky. She is so great. Sure, she's doing fantastic. Uh, we got Nick Woods. She wouldn't stop talking about The Wizard the whole time. I, that's, I'm sure all of her songs are based off of scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Woods, played by Christian Slater, uh, the father of the Woodses, uh, played by... None other than Bo Bridges, uh, which is kind of amazing. And then you also have your characters, uh, Putnam, which is the bounty hunter. And, of course, we have Lucas, who is uh, the owner of the Power Glove, and he owns 92 NES games, and he knows them all. Uh, hmm. So that's, that's pretty sweet uh, as well. And this is a really interesting story because th- this movie is, is, is the adventure story. It is, you know, a bunch of people going across country. They're going on a... Uh, a trip, a mission, and they hit a bunch of bumps uh, on the way going from Utah to Los Angeles, California. I always love how Stone Cold says it on his podcast, uh, Los <laughs> Angeles, uh, California. But uh, this is uh, just a little bit of setup for uh, the movie. But I want to ask you, CJ, did you have any... You've, you've probably heard about this movie a lot. It's brought up a lot when oh, people yeah. talk about video games or Super Mario Brothers or whatever. What like what notions did you have going into the viewing of this movie? Uh, I mean, I, I knew the basic plot of the mm-hmm. movie. I'd seen the trailer a bunch of times, and um, you know, everybody that I know has referenced the wizard and talked about the wizard. So I, I sort of knew what I was getting into, mm-hmm. um, but I had never seen it. <laughs> over the years that it's been out. And I, you know, I owned it on DVD. I bought it on DVD mm-hmm. in 2006 when it was released and just had never watched, never had the occasion to, uh, to pop it in and watch it. <laughs> well, okay, CJ, let me ask you this. Um, were you married in 2006? No. I was okay. married in 2010. Were you living with Phil in 2006? Nope. Okay. Well, anyway, um, so watching movies is one of those things that can be hard to find time to do, depending on who your roommate is or who you uh, are married to or whatever. So I was just wondering if it was one of those situations where you just couldn't feel comfortable putting in The Wizard. No, I mean, it's one of those things where I just didn't like video game movies. Mm -hmm. I I, I don't know. I can't really explain why, but, you know, I had never seen the Super Mario Brothers movie before that came out on DVD. I've never seen the Tomb Raider movies. I'd never seen Resident Evil before last year. Oh, those are uh, great. I just sort of avoid them in general. Um, so hmm. this that was one of that was the case with this, where I was interested in the movie, but not enough to actually watch it. But it was <laughs> no fear of social stigma. Copy. No. Okay. <laughs> Well, you, you you obviously you popped it in, and they were, were greeted with this this boy walking down a highway by himself and getting picked up by a cop. Eventually, being returned to his parents, uh, where you you get introduced to this really interesting family 
system where obviously the parents are divorced, the mother has remarried uh, and has had, uh, it seems like they have had another kid, which is Jimmy, is uh, Jimmy and I should say Jennifer were both from the second marriage. I mean, this is the best we can tell from the movie. It's not really written out for well, us. Well, but it's uh, uh, the, uh, didn't the twin sister die like two years ago? Oh, maybe you're right. So this is is fairly recent. So the half brother stuff was like way, way before. Okay, this is really confusing. This is, this is like multiple broken homes we're talking about. Here. Okay, then you're right. It's so it's it's a, it's overly complex because that, yes. that's right because you, they mention when uh, you know Christian Slater and uh, Fred Savage are with Bo Bridges sitting in the kitchen. Uh, they're talking about their half brother, um, right? But of of course. Uh, it must be a third marriage in there at some point. I can explain it real yeah, quick. Like, if you want me to? It's go for her it. third marriage and his second marriage. Okay. Exactly. Right. Okay, so Mr. Woods, the the older Woods guy who's always wearing a hat and Wait, you know making those my comic faces. Give me a second. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll accompany this with video for those in need of this family tree. Um, Mr. Woods was married to someone. And they had two children. When a man loves a woman, um, well, no. Okay. So anyway, they had two children. One of those was Christian Slater. Um, what's his name again? His Nick. character's name? Nick. 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 Nick, yes. And then Corey, the younger brother, yep. who's played by Fred Savage. Okay. And so then I don't know what the circumstances are. Um, did their mom die that that it's first not, marriage? It's not mentioned it's at all. Unexplained. Yeah. Okay. So she's gone, and and Mr. Bridges, the elder Bridge of the family, has custody of these boys for whatever reason. Yep. So um, he then remarries the mother that's in the movie. Right. right. The woman who's yeah. actually in the movie um, with the kind of cranky husband, and uh, so he remarries, and they have twins. Yep. Named Jimmy and Jennifer, yep. and Jimmy is indeed the wizard, and uh, Jennifer has sort of a tragic death. Yeah, she drowned or something. Yeah. Right, and after that, the marriage fell apart uh, because you know they were blaming yeah. each other and all that kind of stuff. Or maybe I'm thinking about True Detective. I'm no, not you, sure. you're right. You're good. Okay, um, well, there's something like that in True Detective too. Um, but anyway, they you know they don't stay together, and Jimmy is sort of in limbo. As to like where he will live because he no he's what is it that he has in limbo he's in custody, his mom's custody right yeah. and then right, but, she decides to send him to the home exactly so that was the limbo situation right as if he could get the help that he yeah. needed or if they would have to send him to a home which they don't really explain what the home is exactly well, it's, it's an a place where boys watch TV it's an institution yeah. is what the specifically what they call it and the uh, yeah. the again the dynamic is, is super weird and it is overly complicated for a game a movie about video games but yes yeah uh so so anyways we we have that introduction scene and we get to meet pretty much all the main characters and then Corey goes and picks up jimmy in the home because Corey is unhappy with his living situation uh being uh in always in arguments with Bo bridges and with nick and them always kind of blaming each other because they're clearly unhappy due to the death of jennifer everyone is still kind of holding on to that uh, that weight on their shoulders. So Corey yeah. leaves and says, you know, goes into his room, throws darts on the board and says, California sounds nice. We used to go to California. So I'm going to go look at Jimmy's address, go find him. And that's it. We're going to go to California. So 
It's like his sixth or seventh choice, though. It is. Via, via dart. I mean, it, it is. It's. <laughs> I'm just going to throw darts at this board until I hit a state that I actually like. You didn't yeah. do that when you wanted to run away as a kid? Uh, sure. Or you just looked and it up course, on Prodigy? And of course, it's California because everybody wants to go to California, right? So, Well, that's where yeah. Universal Studios <laughs> is. Um, <laughs> I don't know. They're, they obviously produced the movie. So um, that's what they do. They, they run yeah. away. They, they hide in a uh, confectionery um, baked goods truck. Hostess is the brand. Hostess, yeah. Well, I, we might get a sponsor at some point. I don't want to say that, all right? <laughs> okay, you're right, you're right, you're right. Uh, not to edit that out. So anyways, they, they get in a truck, and they basically go to this truck stop where we meet our next main character, which is Haley, who's just hanging out, and there's a Play Choice 10 sitting in there, and then it happens. You got fifty thousand on Double Dragon. Jimmy gets fifty thousand on Double Dragon, and that's yeah, in where like things two move. minutes. Not even two minutes. Not, not even two minutes. He gets to the third stage of Double Dragon, uh, and we're we're moving forward. So, what did you think of uh, you know up into that point? Are you still kind of feeling the movie, or just like uh, are you still starting to think like this is just a little bit uh, too corny, a little too crazy? No, no. I mean, I was feeling the movie, definitely. I mean, it's one of those teen movies, right, where Mm -hmm. the kids are very headstrong and um, think they know more than the adults. The adults are generally inept. And, um, you know, they decide the kids decide to run away or, um, you know, take things into their own hands. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it, it follows the tropes of that genre pretty well and you know it's it's no, no goonies it's it's no shakespeare but it's uh it was an interesting movie up to that point and you know after that point too you saw those <laughs> video games right that you saw the play choice 10 like when he was playing oh, video games yeah. you saw that because that was exactly awesome. yeah that that that's, <laughs> that's me growing up that that's all i cared about I was like, oh my god that that that's double dragon they said yeah. Double Dragon, and that's it. that's a Play Choice Ten. I saw that in the arcade once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so well, that's kind ahead. of the neat thing, though. Also, is that um, 1989, correct, is when this was released. Yep. Yep. Um, so a time when we weren't as used to seeing video games represented in mass media the way that we do today. Well, I so, don't know if I'd put it that way because there's there were lots of movies out at that point, like whether it's war games or you know joysticks. Of course, we all saw that as kids growing up. Um, so there there was definitely movies like that were revolved around the the phenomenon of video games and how they were affecting society and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm misremembering things, but you didn't I, see I, joysticks. I you didn't see some R-rated, mostly porn movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> what about the Last Starfighter? Oh, there you go. That, oh my God, that movie's awesome. Video game movie. I haven't seen it in 20 years, but I remember it being great. Um, okay, so we have that bus stop scene where you have the interaction between Haley, Jimmy, and Corey, and that's where our group solidifies because she sees that. All right. This kid is good. Like, he's good enough to beat me at Double Dragon, so clearly he's great. Uh, They go to a separate restaurant, and then she opens up a magazine where they see, you know, this is the thing that's going to solve all of our problems when $50,000 at Video Armageddon. You want to go to California, and you want to prove that Jimmy doesn't belong in a home. 
Do you think they put him in a home after he won this? A video game contest. Haley, he's, he's what? Too crazy? Too stupid? He's sure not the genius you are trying to get to California on 27 bucks. At Universal Studios. Uh, so that that's where we get going until... Uh, the parents figure out that the kids are missing. So immediately they hire a bounty hunter, just immediately. Uh, so they hire this guy, Putnam, who is clearly a sleazy dude who is going to be competing against uh, Bo Bridges and Christian Slater to find Jimmy and Corey. I love, by the way, just, it, you know, looking at this movie at a time before cell phones, like if if that delivery truck driver had a cell phone, yep. the whole movie would be over in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> there would be no movie. It's a, it's, it's a sign of the times, but this is our second group. So we have, we have Corey, we have Haley, and we have Jimmy as one group. And then our second real main group that we have right now, the second main conflict in the movie is between Bo Bridges, which is the father, Nick Woods by Christian Slater, and then we have Putnam. So those two groups of three are going to be kind of, you know, going through somewhat parallel paths as they go forward, but they're going to hit, you know, a lots of conflict down the road. So... The kids start hitchhiking, and then they meet, uh, or I should say, as they start going forward, the, the dad and Nick, you know, Bo Bridges and uh, our good friend Christian Slater, they start bonding. They start spending some time together because obviously they're arguing at the beginning, but as they go forward, they're going to start getting to understand each other better. It's that, you know, age difference that you see in a lot of movies where, you know, once they actually spend time, they see they have a lot of things in common. So they're going to be bonding as we go forward. The kids start hitchhiking. And then we bump into Lucas at a truck truck stop. Is that right? Well, let's just see how good he is then. Guys? Pick any game you want. I'm good at all of them. I have 97 of them. You know all 97 of them? Uh, where we see that, A, he is good at all, 92 of his NES games, and uh, we get revealed to the, uh, I think it's pronounced uh, Galoob, is the, the company that made it, I think, or it's Gottlieb, or Got- Galoob, I don't know, uh, that hmm. uh, created the, the, the Power Glove, which was uh, a star in the movie within itself. So you got to see the Power Glove, CJ. You got to meet Lucas. Any thoughts on those? Hello, I'm back. <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> Lucas and the power glove yes uh, because you've heard about this scene forever I mean this is, must have been the most quoted scene that you've, that you've heard in these last you know 24 years I actually thought that Lucas looked a lot like the kid who was in the magazine ad for the power glove totally so I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if that's what people were referencing or not but uh Man, the, just having the power glove, that makes you the best at video games, huh? That's just mm-hmm. – that 
<laughs> well, motion controls have always given you a competitive advantage. I, I would like to see him play Super Mario Brothers with the power glove because that would be more entertaining to watch than uh, than you know Rad Racer. Did you ever have a power glove growing up, CJ? I didn't. Uh, a friend of mine did, and I tried it once and was like, "Oh, this is terrible." <laughs> that sounds like, like everyone's experience. <laughs> but in the in the movie, it looked pretty cool because man, Lucas was really. He was showing the uh, steering wheel some some finesse there mm-hmm. with uh, with Rad Racer. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we, that, he loves he, he loves the power glove. He does. Bad. It's bad. It's so good. It's bad. Well, and Jimmy couldn't even bear to play after watching that display. Yeah, I mean, how could you? Clearly, clearly, Lucas was cheating using that, you know, mm-hmm. non-standard peripheral. Mm-hmm. That's Unfair. like getting on. The, that's like getting on the rock and roller and showing uh, <laughs> yeah, some yeah. skills in snake rattle and roll or something. Like, you know, it's just unheard of. You can't compete with that. We we got to obviously see see the power glove and that set up uh, one of the best lines. Not only um, the I love the power glove. It's so bad, but also. Whatever, bud. Just make sure you keep your power gloves off my her- my girl or whatever. Yeah, that was the best. So he's starting to step in and you know just show <laughs> Haley that he could stand up for her, um, and he can be you know the the big macho boyfriend that that every girl wanted in 1989. And and clearly she's out of his league, by the way. Like she's probably at that age like an eight, and he's probably like a six. So, dude, you know. Winnie Cooper versus Haley Cooper all day. Well, like, we're not talking cares? about Winnie Cooper. That's his. Uh, that's the other girl that he's with in his other yeah. media. Uh, are we gonna say this is all the same universe? Or we could also like compare the girl that's in uh, Little Monsters as well uh, with our good friend Howie Mandel, uh, who yeah. could not make it to the recording today, but um, we'll have him on next time. Fist bump for you, Howie. The, yeah. Uh, stuff. So this is this is again this. Is, is a little confusing because we're really like it's like scene 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 like you're just jumping all over the place because of all these different uh you know groups of characters going around so the the dad and nick then bump into putnam and putnam will not get paid if the father and nick end up finding the boys first so he starts sabotaging this is his his pattern of sabotaging their car uh to make sure that he catches up to them first which lands bow bridges and christian slater's car uh in the shop uh and actually no i'm taking a step back first they're in a hotel room where no i i was right I have my order. I have my order correctly. This is again. This yeah. is a very complicated movie. We're, we're not. It actually is. This is no joke. So uh, they end up going to uh, a car shop where, uh, of course, first thing that Christian Slater does, first thing Nick does, is he pulls the NES uh, out of the the car. I'm sorry. They're in a hotel. They pull the NES out of a car, and he hooks it up because he cannot get along with his dad. They're sharing a bed. He starts bringing up Jennifer, and his dad does not want to be emotional. He doesn't want to open up about the, you know, the situation and talk about it. So he goes, you know, what am I doing here? I'm gonna go back out into the truck. I'm gonna grab the NES and I'm gonna hook it up to the TV and I'm gonna play some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, of course. Remember those trips we used to take every year. Go to the ocean. California. That was great. Stop at every cornball tourist trap along the way. 
that's the best I ever remember, so. Jennifer was a kick, huh? She and Jimmy together, they both go nuts. Oh, I'm tired, Nick. It's late. Sleeping with my father and some dump on the highway. Well, you don't want me here. Jesus, we can't even talk to each other. You're in your underwear. I can't believe it. I cannot even speak to my own father. Mr. Cheapskate, he gets us a room that does not even have double beds. Oh, come on. I gotta get some sleep. Some sleep. play this thing, huh? That's right. What's that one called? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Doesn't take much intelligence to play that game, does it? You should know. Uh, one of the highlights of the NES's library from our good friends at Ultra. So he does that. His dad mocks him. He goes to sleep, and then he wakes up finding his dad playing the video game like you would play a video game in a movie by moving your hands all over the place <laughs> oh, and, like, yeah. shifting from side to side. Like, No! No! Shut! What the hell are you doing? I don't believe this. I got the scroll weapon, and I almost beat Mega Turtle at the end of level three. You got the scroll weapon. Yeah. He's losing his mind. Whoa. Like stuff's being thrown at you, and uh, then we start seeing, like again, video games are not just for kids. They can also be for adults. So did that scene really connect with you, CJ? Did you really start seeing the connection between those two characters? Yeah, you know, it, it proves the point that, you know, why why talk your problems out? Just, you know, drown them out with the sounds of video games. It, uh, it's a pretty universal thing, right? Well, the Mecha Turtle um, is, <laughs> is, is hard to get to, but uh, this is also the scene that I referenced in the Super Mario Brothers th- Super Mario Brothers 3 episode where Bo Bridges is saying he's at one point in the game and then when they actually show the TV he's at like the first stage in the game so this is something that really bothered Robert e, uh, Roger Ebert and caused him to give this movie a bad review so uh, yeah you would, have, you would have thought that the producers of the film would have actually gone and gotten footage from exactly where they're talking about right I mean how long does it really take to get to level three and to get the scroll weapon like <laughs> well that's that does bug you though as a kid or as a and as an adult that continuity uh continuity uh, can i josh can you say that word for me you know continuity uh, continuity there you okay. go there we go Thanks, cj stepping up um so that that would bug a kid when you start hearing sounds from one game it's like the thing where you always hear the pac-man sounds 
no matter like they could be playing Halo on a TV and you hear Pac-Man <laughs> in the oh, background yeah. because that's that's the video game noise. Uh, so I could see why kids would get mad about it, but it's still you're seeing video games on a movie screen. So who gives a crap? You're getting to see awesome, awesome stuff. So. Yeah, I thought like there were a couple scenes in the movie where they were like, oh, my God, you know, he's. He's so far, he's racking up X number of points. And I'd look at the uh, scoreboard, uh, whether it's, you know, Ninja Gaiden or Turtles or Super Mario 3, and it wouldn't match what they just said. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, is, that is an awful... I mean, I, I, I like this movie overall, but, you know, like, I actually study film pretty closely. And all the continuity mistakes and just the editing in this movie in general are pretty bad. Especially at Video Arm- Armageddon. Well, the announcer will say I'll say a, a you know a score and they won't be showing the footage of that score at that point but then like 2 seconds later they, they show will the screen, show yeah. footage <laughs> that does have that score right <laughs> well that whole scene gets a free pass though because he said 50,000 smackaroos twice Okay, so yeah. <laughs> we're going to continue down the road on our way. We're going to be making a stop at Reno, uh, and that is mm. uh, where we meet Spanky, uh, who is uh, <laughs> another uh, actor who's he's kind of like a he plays uh, you know the sort of sort of like you know funny character in a lot of movies. I've seen him in a lot of movies in like the eighties and the nineties and stuff like that. Um, you can definitely recognize him if you've seen the movie. But uh, he's a trucker. He's one of Haley's trucker friends. She uh, knows truckers. She, she yeah. knows truckers. She knows mm-hmm. the code. Uh, and they go to Spanky because they need money after their money is stolen uh, to get as many quarters as possible to get Jimmy ready for video Armageddon that's going to be coming up. So they end up playing some craps. She, of course, guesses all the dice rolls correctly. And yeah. uh, they went like forward. 50 feet away. She can't see anything. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, but she just... She's guessing it right. Roll, roll a hard eight. Hard eight. Uh, and then they end up winning the money. He gets 10 bucks. They get 390 And, of course, this is enough for a hotel room, room service, and to play arcade games all day long, which is exactly what we do, leading us into the best montage and the best scene of the movie where we get introduced to the Nintendo Game Counselors. Nintendo Game Playing, this is Rick. How can I help you? Hi, my name is Haley and I've got a wizard who's going all the way to the championships in Los Angeles. Is that so? All I need is a little help. Okay, let's start with Simon's Quest. Okay, now where exactly are you? Fireball. I live by the groove. Fuck it. 
Uh, and to get to walk through that office, and this was the scene. So, CJ, as a kid, this was the scene for me. I don't know about you, Josh, but this was the scene that made the movie for me because you get to see these offices that you read about in Nintendo Power, and you get to see what is clearly the best job of all time because, A, everyone is super happy. Everyone's energetic. They're just handing out, like, player's guides. Like, oh, man, this is the new player's guides for Ninja Gaiden 2 uh, before anyone else has it. And the guy's just sitting there eating some Nabisco cookies, and he gets that phone call from Haley saying, I have a wizard that's going all the way to the championships. We need to start breaking down every single game. So they basically just spend, like, We've talked about the price of those calls. It's not cheap. Uh, so she starts making those 1-900 uh, phone calls to go through every single game, starting with none other than Simon's Quest. Mm-hmm. What did you think of this scene, CJ? Was this not fun to at least like see them like go through all these games and you start seeing like what it must have been like to be a game counselor? Oh, yeah. I thought it was great. I thought this was an excellent scene. My first thought, however, being an adult was... Uh, is the where was this shot? Was this shot actually at NOA, or was this shot, yeah. you know, in, <laughs> on a set or something where they just mocked it up? Because, I mean, it looked uh, it looked pretty pretty nice, and they had the uh, the binders of material and mm-hmm. stuff that you that you hear about that Nintendo actually did have. Um, and yeah, it, it was one of those sort of wish fulfillment things. Like, oh, as a kid, like, man, wouldn't it be cool to work there? Or like raid that Mm -hmm. office and get all of those secrets i mean that's basically what Haley's doing by phone but (laughs) she's paying uh, for it though she is she's paying you know a dollar a minute or whatever but uh but yeah it was uh it was definitely impressive and then we get to see more video games because jimmy is down in the arcade hanging out in that play choice 10 we got to see contra we got to see um mega man 2 we got to see which was not a play choice 10 game so that's was clearly fake. Oh shit! I know. Factual error. Another one. <laughs> uh, Metroid, which was so that's okay. Uh, Ninja Gaiden, RC program, uh, Rad Racer, uh, which we saw uh, earlier, I should say. Um, then Super Mario Brothers two and uh, Zelda two. We get to see a little bit later when we get back to uh, Nick and the Father. But this was the best scene because it was just nonstop video games. It was like, this is Nintendo. And for, for me, and I'm going to ask you, Josh, like for, for me as a kid, like this was the best scene of the movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, when I saw that scene, I seriously was just like geeking out. And I think, I think I said on the last episode that I actually watched this movie in the theaters, which is true. And, uh, and for whatever reason, like I was saying earlier, it was a big deal to me to see this stuff being represented in mass media. And so I was like, look, there's the NES games I know and I love and I crave and they're on the big screen. And um, I, I want to be there. Like if this is what Las Vegas or Reno or whatever is like, this is where I need to be, where I need to spend time. And also I built it up in my head that the game counselors, just to come back to that for a second, yeah. that um, that they made a lot of money. Oh, of and course so- they did. They looked super comfortable. Like he looked like he was making at least like fifty grand back in nineteen eighty nine. Right, what you adjust for inflation, and you're probably looking at like 80 or so. Think about all those free games he's getting. He, I bet he gets to take all these games home, man. That's that, yeah, that was the two and two I was doing in my head. Yeah, like everything's free. Is he was really sweating the answers too, like he was talking Mm. to a bigwig or something. He's like, oh, 
you know, I don't know how to get Ninja Gaiden level two. I can't find the binder. I can't find the binder for Simon's Quest. <laughs> like, hold on a minute, sir. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is, you know, it's a call to the video game counselor line, but it's not like you have to, like, I don't know, <laughs> ruin your life to give this person the secrets to, to Ninja Gaiden. It was funny. No, we, we also saw in this montage a uh, video of F1 Dream, which was not an NES game. You can tell right yeah, away well, by the graphics. What the hell is that game doing in this movie? Like it was they showed like two or three different shots of it. I was like, that's not an NES game. No, well, that's you again. They're like, oh, man, I, I need that game. We got to go to the store. And then you end up picking up Rad Racer and, and not being that game uh, because that is like was the only racing game at the time that would look anything like that. But. Um, I always thought it was Chase HQ until I actually looked this up, and there's a list of what games are on film on uh, Wikipedia, so I can I can trust that. But uh, as we go through this montage, towards the end, Putnam finds the kids. Uh, he ends up bumping into uh, one of the kids that ends up stealing a bunch of their money, which we didn't really. It's not a really important scene, but um, we end up going to uh, the scene where Putnam finds Jimmy playing on the Play Choice 10 and Fred Savage and uh, Jenny Lewis run towards him. And as soon as she sees him, she screams another iconic line from this film, uh, <laughs> something that was, I think it was considered for the, the Best Actress Award. But she screams out loud and simply says, he touched my breasts. Yeah. And then it, well, it's a perfect scene because he's like basically cuddling Jimmy, like he's holding him like a baby. Uh, so it, it, like, it is a good setup for man. Actually, if she's saying that, he looks like he could be molesting that boy over there. Mm -hmm. So, uh, of course, security finds him, and then they are free for about three minutes. The truckers, um, excuse me, Putnam ends up finding where they were hiding out, and then uh, they have to kind of basically play football uh, back and forth with Jimmy uh, for about 10 minutes in the movie. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, a lot of three and outs and then punting and whatnot. You're right. Yeah. I like that. She had to yell that out, you know, when clearly a, a child is being abducted, but yeah. you know, don't, don't notice that until someone screams that this <laughs> guy touched her breast. It, it, it has, it adds an, like an emphasis. It adds. Yeah, uh, I guess it does. Just, yeah, I mean, she, she she probably just could have screamed, I don't know, anything at that point. Just to make <laughs> point to the guy. So uh, we... Um, we hey, I want to point out, guys, that this is the big gloom. There's a point in every movie right before the, um, the this resolution. Is the, this is the end of the second act. Right, yeah. exactly. The end of the second act, and it looks like things cannot get any worse. They have lost Jimmy. It's mm. the Empire Strikes Back portion of... Uh, the wizard. Anyways, uh, so we, we can't forget about the father and the son, which are still traveling along. And uh, Putnam is still sabotaging their truck. And this happens right before this. But they, he sabotages uh, their truck again after they kind of like go after each other. Bo Bridges drives his car into Putnam's car thinking he's going to take him out. But he ends up taking out his own truck, which is kind of impractical. But it ends up happening. Uh, and they end up in a car shop where... Uh, of course, the NES gets hooked up again, and then we, we find Bo Bridges is uh, 
manically, like playing his Zelda 2, um, flying his arms all over the place, surprisingly not pulling the NES off the top of the TV. Uh, and Christian Slater has to have a little bit of an intervention with him because his dad's getting addicted to these video games. Like, all oh, these kids get addicted to the video games. Even, it can even happen to the parents. So he's playing Zelda 2. And he's getting way farther than he should because that game is stupidly hard. Like, it's it's more hard than it should be. But somehow mm-hmm. uh, he ends up getting re- relatively far. And then uh, Nick has to pull the plug because the car is done. We got to go find, you know, Jimmy and Corey. His father got so wrapped up in Zelda 2 that he decided to no longer look for his kids until he finished <laughs> that video game. Uh, again, hey, showing video how- games are important, you know. He recognizes that now. It's a big mm-hmm. franchise, Zelda mm-hmm. Two. Oh, uh, so this is you know those uh, you know those situations that happen with MMOs in Korea, like where <laughs> parents would not feed their kids for two days. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that. Mm. Yeah, and it, it's it's always an interesting connect between Bo Bridges and Jeff Bridges uh, with Tron and with The Wizard. Like they both mm. had their video game movies. It's really debatable which is the better of the two. Um, you know. I think I would more go towards Tron, but I could definitely see an argument for the wizard at the same time. Uh, so as we go forward, we eventually get Jimmy back after the trucker's corner Putnam and uh, Putnam gets punched in the <laughs> uh, face. Yep. And he's going to want some uh, redemption for that. He's going to, Oh, you know, of course, be real pissed mm-hmm. off once his, his payment is basically taken away and he gets punched in the face. He's pissed Insult off to now. injury. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's it's a mess. But this this leads us to uh, the second to last pivotal scene, which is the uh, not the advertisement for Nintendo, but now the advertisement for Universal Studios. As we chase, or we get chased, the kids get chased by Putnam throughout. Or I should say, let's take a step back. They make it to Video Armageddon, all right, and they get to check in, and then they find out they're going to play Ninja Gaiden. Hi. Good. Yeah, my name is Jimmy Woods. Jimmy Woods! What game is it? What game are they playing? Well, for the prelims, we're playing Ninja Gaiden. Hey! He knows Ninja Gaiden. We're in. That's great. You're in. Fantastic. Pin the stewards back and hustle it on in there. You're blowing it. You're late. Move it, move it, move it! And uh, (laughs) that's the Pernet... uh, correct pronunciation of Ninja Gaiden, which was a rarity at the time. People used to call it Ninja Gaiden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this movie was able to correct a lot of the gaijins in America on how to pr- uh, correctly... I pr- wonder if that was the actor or if the uh, director said, no, 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 it's Gaiden. I think it was Miyamoto. <laughs> I think he was on set that day. So, uh, Simasen, Simasen, uh, Gaiden. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's like, God damn this. Uh, so, anyways, he goes in, he plays Ninja Gaiden, he makes it into the finals, but right before the finals start, Putnam finds him, and then they start getting chased throughout Universal Studios, going into multiple rides, including King Kong the Ride, and eventually, somehow, getting to, while inside the King Kong the Ride, like inside that building, Finding an elevator and then being lowered into uh, what would then be the final uh, stage for the video Armageddon competition where uh, we're not no longer looking for Jimmy, 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 Jimmy Woods. And our third contestant 
from the great state of Utah. 30 seconds. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme! Give gimme! Give what? 19, 18, 17, 16, 15, 14, Jimmy, Jimmy, 13, Jimmy, Jimmy. 12, what? 11, 10 seconds, 9, 8, 7, 6, I five, give you four, video Armageddon! Three, two, one, ignition! Uh, the, the announcer is fantastic. By the way, he deserves some credit because that is like some corny dialogue, but he totally, you know, sells it. Uh, so, yeah, and he has great rapport with the kids as well, which most of the other adult actors did not have. So, Mr. Mrs. Maura Griffin or whatever. He just had like a weird. I, I've seen this movie so many goddamn times. Like, I, I can always just like quote this stuff. But, um, anyways, we find out that. We're going to be playing a new game, mm-hmm, and yeah. it is Super Mario Brothers Three. So, did your did your head explode when you you got to see Super Mario Brothers Three there, CJ? Uh, yeah. You weren't expecting I that, was right? Not expecting that at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just imagining, you know, how awesome that would be to see like any footage of that movie back then i mean we didn't have youtube we didn't have you know game videos you could just watch you know yeah uh so i mean the most you'd have would be a magazine that showed you a still shot of one of the stages Mm -hmm. so to be able to see live footage of super mario brothers 3 and then also to see that giant world too in uh in some of the footage it was just uh just really amazing i was i was excited for that point yeah Josh, what was the atmosphere like for you in the movie theater? Do you remember what it was like when that that hit the fan? Yeah, utter chaos. Um, popcorn right. flying in the air. Um, gunshots. I bet some gunshots. <laughs> yeah, that canned gun sound recording from old westerns. Um, that was going off left and right. Um, but I will say, I didn't even think that Super Mario Brothers 3 was a real game. Like I, I was like, man, this oh, looks realistic. Yeah, I was like, this is just something for the movie. That's too bad. Well, you um, clearly but I was had, haven't seen, like, all the, like, whenever a video game is made for a movie, it looks, like, worse than Nick Arcade. Like, right, exactly. It was, like, exactly. the worst yeah. thing possible. That's well, I, I was very dumb when I saw the movie, though, let me point out. Well, you were four. No, you <laughs> I were was five. You were th- oh, yeah, you're older than me. I forget. Yeah, um, yeah. So we get to see Super Mario Brothers 3, and the thing that pisses me off, or at least it did as a kid, seeing that once I got Super Mario Brothers 3, is that they completely skipped the second level of that game. That's right. And mm. they call level 3 level 2. They did. Like, what the yeah. F? I wonder if um, the, the order of the stages wasn't laid out yet. No, okay, time out. Because this is exactly what I wrote down. This is what my brother told me as uh, a kid to like say oh it must have been like a beta or it must have been you know pre-release game or something like that but super mario brothers 3 came out in 1988 in japan like this game was out Mm. yeah the game was done it was out just another error it was i think they just didn't want to show level two because level two is a little bit more bland than level three is Mm-hmm. That could be yeah. because you can even get to once they finish the third stage, and they're like, "Get the star, get the star, Jimmy, gotta get the star." He already had two items, or he already had two cards. Yeah. So they played level two, but they just didn't show it. 
Uh, so there's a one point where they were like, "Get the star, get the star," and I saw him running for that last card, and he got the fire flower. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> game over." <laughs> Didn't time it right. <laughs> well, after he gets that flower, this is the uh, the Nostradamus scene uh, where the he goes into the uh, fort after doing the match three game, and instead uh, Mora goes to. Uh, world four, which is the auto scrolling stage, stupid move. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. But rookie uh, mistake, rookie, rookie mistake. mistake. Uh, they clearly mm-hmm. knew Lucas was getting his EGM as well, um, <laughs> and they decided to go to the fort stage, which of course holds a um, a whistle in it, which is what Haley says. You know, uh, or I guess I should say, Jimmy already knows to get the whistle. Haley doesn't know this, but Haley knows what the whistle does once he gets it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how would yeah. she know that? I have no idea. EGM game game. I don't know or something. But I, I, you know, if 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 it was a game that I wasn't actually playing at home, I wouldn't know anything about it. <laughs> like yeah. if you showed me like Akari Warriors or something, and I've never played it, I wouldn't know like oh shoot shoot this thing or shoot that. I wouldn't know any tips on that. Mm-hmm. Yet, you know, here's this game that nobody's ever played, and she's, you know, Haley's got the tips. She knows. She, her dad was a trucker, all right? So you, you got to <laughs> keep in mind, he might have been doing some shipping, and he might deal with some Japanese shippers. <laughs> uh, and on one of those, like, one of those crates might have had a Famicom and Super Mario Brothers That's 3 right. in it. So <laughs> if you really want to go, it depends how deep you want to go into this. And we would have to really talk to the writers and directors of the movie to get like, it could be a deleted scene where she has like a flashback of like, you know, before her father left her and uh, they're playing Super Mario Brothers 3 and trading off. And she blocked out most of that memory, but she still kind of remembers what the whistle does. So um, mm. anyway. she has had a rough life. Yeah. Where the hell's her dad? Um, yeah, seriously. And the place they live. Like, it's, 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 I don't even think that it has water. No, those pl- no. those homes usually do. Uh, but that one, though, it was like out in the middle abandoned. of nowhere. Yeah. It looks really, yeah. And there's a ladder that goes to the top of it for some reason. Yeah, you can go on the roof and okay. kiss. Well, I mean, that's kind of romantic, yeah. Kiss a boy. Um, yeah, she wasn't going to, but then she did. So that's kind of how kisses happen sometimes. Yep. <laughs> Young love. This is weird. Um, <laughs> so we we end up getting the the or Jimmy ends up getting uh, the whistle, which also is not the right sound effect uh, sound no. effect for the the whistle, which I, I forgot to mention in the Super Mario Brothers three episode. But it's the same sound that they actually use in uh, the Legend of Zelda um, that they use yeah. in Super Mario Brothers three, which is a fun fact. But mm. uh, instead, we get like a like a sounds like a like a record scratching uh, when, when he uses the whistle and immediately he knows to go to the final stage. And also the whistle doesn't give you points, No, (laughs) but it gives him points in the, in the, the competition and he gets to world four, which is the perfect marketing for this game is that they go to world four above all else and they get to show what is probably the best world in the game. And he eventually, you know, at the last second, you know, beats that level and he gets the magic amount of points to have won the championship. And he is, uh, the, the wizard. He, he wins the, he yeah. wins it. Lucas Barthard, 69,180. Maura Grissom, 
Yeah, well, at this point, you know, who cares uh, about getting him back? He's won the money. Well, the whole family's there. Uh, Everyone has gotten together and everyone is now, like, happy because they (laughs) are... Even Putnam, right? Yeah, even Putnam's like, yeah, I know that kid! And uh, (laughs) everyone is like, all right, we're going to put all these, you know, differences behind us because we found Jimmy. He just won us 50 grand because it's like that thing with Thor. Like, Thor's, he's, like, uh, notorious for uh, winning uh, a bunch of... Nintendo competitions and then also like being a part of advertising like his parents took all of his money that he made uh, so I'm sure like Bo Bridges is thinking the same thing like actually not Bo Bridges the like the stepfather who uh, is right. kind of like a slimy dude and he's like yeah just throw the kid in the home uh, <laughs> so I'm sure he's looking at, at dollar signs Putnam thinks like oh man I should probably get a cut of that because I kind of got them here exactly. and and now we are all just going to drive home together with a you know a check for fifty grand, a new T-shirt, and perhaps a copy of Super Mario Brothers three pre-release. And this new member of our family, Haley. Who's, yeah. Why is, she, <laughs> why is she driving back home with them? She's dating Corey. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they got married shortly after that scene. <laughs> That's right. They went back to Reno. Well, this is this isn't the most important scene because now that we got all the video game crap behind us, we get to the root of the story where um, we go to an iconic location in California. Um, I forget what the location is called it's with the dinosaurs there. It was in Pee Wee's Big Advent, uh, Adventure as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Jimmy starts freaking out as soon as they start getting towards this this monument and. Uh, he ends up getting out of the car, rushing into the T-Rex and, and going up to the top. And uh, Corey follows him. He can't find him. He's behind a curtain and uh, he opens up his lunchbox, which has been very vital throughout the movie. We haven't mentioned it up until this point because we're talking about video games. And uh, in this lunchbox is uh, pictures of Jennifer, uh, him and Jennifer and the family. And he uh, ends up wanting to to leave these pictures. And this is... One of the other things that that uh, Roger Ebert said in his review is like it was a real cheap shot at the end of the movie, and like I I'm not kidding, like I cry every time I see this scene, like I tear up a little bit. I'm not like this isn't a joke for the show, like I I'm a sucker for stuff like this, and uh, even when I was watching it for this, that with the music and with uh, Fred Savage, <laughs> I start crying, and. Uh, <laughs> Because they lost their sister, and all Jimmy really wanted to do is like kind of like leave this this monument, or he wanted to bring her back to this spot, uh, <laughs> and and you know he gets to bring the whole family with him too, and then they finally understand why Jimmy was the way he was up until this point. So CJ, what like did this? Did I mean was it Niagara Falls? Like what what was the scene like for you? Were you in the car driving and just had to pull over for a little bit? <laughs> it was very heartfelt. You know, I uh, I thought it was all right. It was it was well done. Certainly, yeah. I mean, it w- I I wouldn't have it wouldn't have been Niagara Falls for me. But that's just that's just Do you me. Not cry, maybe, CJ. Maybe I'm a maybe I'm a cold, heartless bastard. No, I I cry at movies. Okay, just, all right. <laughs> just making sure. <laughs> but uh, but this one didn't uh, didn't impact me in that way. I you know I thought it was a very heartfelt ending. I thought. Well, it might have been a little bit nice to know some of this information before this point. <laughs> they sort of drop <laughs> drop it on you as an explainer on you know why all this stuff is happening at the end, and I, it just seems a little bit out of place. But uh, but yeah, I thought it was a good good way to end it. 
Nice Which, emotional uh, coda to the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one thing that we haven't really talked about, uh, we've mentioned it very briefly, but for those who haven't seen the movie, Jimmy, what what exactly, do, do either one of you know exactly what it is? He, he basically his, doesn't communicate. Yeah, he sees his yeah. sister die in front of him, and then he just right. stopped communicating with people. Yeah, yeah. With so her. it's not an actual condition, it's more just like It's not a handicap trauma. or anything, no. Right, right, it's just like he was traumatized and therefore yeah. quit communicating. Um, so this was a really big scene that he, you know, kind of wanted to do this and all that. Yeah, totally. Although he probably could have given his parents that information earlier and saved everybody <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of trouble. But the other thing mm-hmm. I thought, you know, as part of his condition, they showed him like stacking things. I thought for sure that Tetris was going to be like one of the yeah. later stage. Like that's that's why he's so good at Tetris is because he stacks all these blocks up and he knows the patterns and things mm-hmm. like that. But no. That was not the case. Uh, weren't they sort of hinting at autism a little bit with the stacking and all that? Yeah. Did you guys pick up on that as well? Sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but but then they played off at the end as an emotional trauma instead, so I thought that was a bit strange. Yeah. It's a little, little heavy-handed or heavy-fisted, however you want to say that. Um, yeah, sure. But the... Uh, but it is a sad scene, Kevin. I, I do want to say that it, is, I, totally. it got me as well. Oh, God. Yeah, it's I'm definitely a, a sad scene. I, I didn't cry, but it was sad. I've cried at Fast and Furious movies before, all right? So, uh, in the theater with people? <laughs> yeah, I, I cried at the <laughs> I cried at the end of uh Fast 6 when I well, I won't I won't spoil it, but uh actually the the theater yeah, was mostly empty. Yeah, so uh the oh yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Johnny Metz. The guy likes Mylon Secret Castle, but he won't watch a Fast and Furious movie. Give me a break. He can come back more eagle. He'd come back on the show. We'll talk about Fast and Furious, the game. Uh, so this movie uh, was budgeted at $6 million. It grossed $14.2 million. Uh, so right. it was a, a great success. And it also saw multiple printings on VHS and Laserdisc in 1990, 1992, and 1997. And then also made its release to DVD in 2006. Uh, so that is a great way to to watch the movie. It is a little, little slim on the uh, the extras, which I was hoping for a commentary. But uh, they did do uh, a reunion in 2008 with uh, In It Cool News did uh, a reunion that included uh, director Todd Holland and stars Fred Savage and Luke Edwards. Luke is uh, Jimmy Woods in the movie. Uh, and they took some questions afterwards. Unfortunately, it was not filmed, so we can't really uh, get access to that. But, uh, you know, it, like I said, it is... For for what it is, it is a good movie, and I will still have fun watching it like once a year, and uh, it still brings up great memories of going back and, and you know loving video games. But this is again mostly you know about you, CJ. Like at the end of the day, what did you think? Was it you know enjoyable to watch? Was it something you would consider to be a good movie? And are you happy that you saw it? I am happy that I saw it, yeah. I think it's a good movie. It's not one that I'm nostalgic about. So I think that component is what would bring me to want to watch it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like a, uh, The Last Starfighter is a great example of a video game movie that I am very nostalgic about. Or Tron. Um, and will watch over and over and over again. Uh, this, this movie, um, you know, I liked it. I thought it was definitely... Uh, um, more interesting than video game movies generally are, and maybe more com 
complex in its emotional tapestry, but it's it's not something that I'm going to rewatch uh, all the time. <laughs> I liked yeah, it. So- I liked it though. It was, it was an entertaining movie. I I can. Uh, you know, twelve-year-old me in 1989 would probably have really liked it. Uh, I, yeah, I'm not sure that this would have become a movie that I would want to watch over and over again. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm if I'm understanding you correctly, I'm thinking maybe a 6.8 out of 10 would be your review score. Uh, yeah, that's probably about right. Yeah, that's thumbs up. Uh, yeah, it's it is a thumbs. It's a thumbs up. <laughs> Ringing endorsement. From uh, I don't That's know, a movie I might have liked when I was twelve. It's really odd to watch a movie that a lot of people have a lot of nostalgia for that mm-hmm. that I have no nostalgia for, <laughs> and yeah. to watch it, you know, with with uh, you, you know an adult's taste in movies, uh, you know, having developed over many years in this movie that a lot of people watched when they were less, you know, when they were younger than ten. Mm-hmm. So, Josh, how about you? How does it hold up for you? Um, I it was much better than I thought it was going to be because what was the last time you saw it? Just for context, five years old. Holy crap! You you haven't seen it since it came out, right? And I'm thirty, so yeah. Uh, So it was definitely an adult's eye analyzing it now, kind of like what CJ was talking about and years of film study and all that stuff that can often suck the fun out of movies for you. Mm -hmm. But uh, I still really enjoyed it. It, It's just kind of a fun romp. It's very much part of that genre of, uh, you know, I think CJ touched on this a little bit, uh, of sort of like teen movies where the adults are stupid essentially and you you kind of learn something about yourself and you um, learn that you can handle things. There's, There's sort of a theme of individualism sort of reinforcing the American dream um, independence too just being able to do things on your on your own without your parents exactly exactly and um, now that I'm 30 I think I'm going to start doing things alone without my parents (laughs) I'm so happy that you guys were uh, were were on for this because you you have like you looked at it a lot more like a movie like I this was just like any other you know, movie where I saw video games, you know, like the movie was so secondary and that's just mm-hmm. how, how, you know, horribly I think about things. But I, you know, for me, it was just like, oh man, that's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And then when I was about to buy a Play Choice 10, I, I watched the movie again because I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to get this Play Choice 10. I got to watch a movie that has it in like five different scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched this movie probably at least once a year. Um, hmm. And it's, and it's when I get like excited about Nintendo stuff, whether it be something we do on the show or just because I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't seen The Wizard in a couple months. And I'm, I'm going to go watch that again. And sometimes I'll fast forward through some of the dumb scenes. But um, <laughs> it, there's there's still, for me, there's still some magic behind, like, seeing them talk about Nintendo and talking about video games. Like, it's okay to talk about it. And not uh-huh. just, like, something where people are getting made fun of in the movie. Uh, so for you, it's purely about video games. It's not about, you know, I love a young Fred boy's... A young boy, you know, putting to rest his grief for his sister or anything like that. Like it's it, it, it's it's about that high score in Double Dragon, sure. <laughs> achieving achieving mastery of a retro game that you go for more more than the but, emotional plot. <laughs> but it's not just the video games; it's the competition. It's like seeing something that you know you read about the Nintendo like 
championships, like the Nintendo World Championships, like in magazines, you know about those carts that are out there. And yeah. it, for, for me, it's just like almost being able to watch that because this wasn't like covered in the news. And if it was, it's not like we were like you could jump on the Internet and like look up the clip from when they brought in, you know, that clip of Nintendo, you know, World Championships on the news. Mm. Uh, so for me, this is almost like a it's just like a record of kind of the, the time or, you know, mm-hmm. the, the way yeah. things were. And uh, it, it could be a big reason why I really, like, watch... Like, I enjoy Bo Bridges and stuff, and I enjoy Fred Savage and stuff, and it's partially because mm-hmm. of this movie um, and also because they're good actors. I like Bo Bridges, yeah. man. He's two good seasons of Stargate SG-1. Two oh. really good seasons. Well said, Kevin. And by the way, I think this is not about Bo Bridges, but about the movie itself. <laughs> that um, that it is that it is sort of nice as a period piece, almost, and sort of in showing video games progression um, in American culture specifically. So I think that's yeah. a good way to put it. You no, know, it wasn't. All, also, like the video game tips weren't just about you know high scores. It was about getting specific weapons, and it really talked to the complexity of some of these games not just Mm -hmm. in score or beating the last level it was that i got this far or am defeating this boss in zelda 2 and whatnot like it really treated video games differently than a lot of other movies and uh media at the time did you know like Mm -hmm. adult media at that time you know video games were a children's toy and treated as such and that sort of goes back to the genre of film that this is where the kids you know know a whole lot more than their parents or are uh, you know shown to be more intelligent and know exactly what they're were doing so I, I think this movie is certainly important for that you know for treating video games not just as a toy but as as uh, some an achievement you know yeah, yeah. Nicely said that it is part of that progression um, and that it is something that can be respected by people over the age of five. Yeah. Well, this is uh, we're coming up on an hour, which is more than I, I meant to take of your guys' time this weekend to, to talk about something that is relatively, you know, uh, off topic for, for us, I guess. But um, for uh I mean, that's pretty much going to do it. We're going we're to wrap up here. So, um, of course, don't forget to check out uh, the Player One podcast. Uh, obviously, go on iTunes, submit re- reviews for that. And also, if you're on there, uh, check out Back in My Play. If you aren't, uh, if you're getting us through iTunes, submitting reviews on there is the best way to support the show right now. Uh, you can also potentially, when this comes out, uh, get T-shirts on Teespring. Actually, yeah, no, you definitely will. I'll put, I'll put this out early, so we'll get an extra episode in this week. Uh, go to teespring.com slash play. T-R-I, uh, they have uh, the original Back of My Play logo with a tri-blend t-shirt, which is super comfortable. I'm wearing one right now. And uh, I think that is uh, about it. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, at SuperPack, at Joshua Hillier, and uh, at Kevin Larrabee, and of course, at Back of My Play, and at P1 Podcast. And uh, we're going to be back next week uh, talking about... Uh, Double Dragon on uh, starring Scott Wolf and uh, another guy that was on Stargate a lot and um, man that movie is great Alyssa Milano I think is in it uh, isn't Robert Patrick in that too 
Robert it's Patrick's in there. Oh, right? yeah. It's, it, I think that was probably his shining achievement. It's like that and then T2. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That was when he was really hot at the time. So, uh, of course, thank you so much for, for listening to this episode. I apologize. It wasn't as organized. Uh, that's that's on me. It's a kind of, a, like I said, it's a very complicated movie to talk about with a lot of different mm-hmm. things going on. Uh, so I recommend checking it out, checking it out if you haven't already. And uh, if you have... You know, let us know your thoughts. Like, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you think of The Wizard. Hit all four of us or three of us up on Twitter and uh, let us know your thoughts. And uh, until next time, again, CJ, thanks for, for doing, like, an extra bonus hour to talk about this stuff. But I knew we had to to do something about it since you haven't seen the movie up until this point. Oh, absolutely. It was a good uh, excuse to finally watch it. So absolutely. thank you. And, uh, Josh, uh, keep um, keep hanging out in the car. <laughs> yeah, um, I wish I could go back home, but this is not in the cards right now. No, we can always not for a video head like me. <laughs> no, uh, and also uh, the the website for your writing just might as well. Let's let's play. Yeah, sure, bonusstarconsulting.com. Um, I write things, I edit things, and I don't charge a lot of money. So, and call me. train of thought on Amazon. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a, and that's a sci-fi book, and it's pretty crazy. I like science fiction. Yeah. Well, then you know what? This is there for you, especially if you want a quick read because it's a novella. It's fairly short. Can you write – If you, I'll give you $100 if you write a sequel to The Wizard. Yeah, I'll do that for $100. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want like a 200-page book, though, and I want I – want, You want okay. a book or do you want a script? I want both. Well, let's let's get a spec script and a 200-page novel. Um, okay. and, and then, uh, of course, uh, don't forget to check out generation-16.com uh, for Greg because he redid the website, uh, and he's got another episode coming up. And he's going to be on uh, a couple episodes from now talking about Robocop versus Terminator on the Sega Genesis. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, thanks again, everyone. Don't forget to check out all that stuff, and uh, we'll see you next time. Here's some uh, more music about uh, some video games. Take care.